0: Hello, welcome to the Professional Insight Podcast, uh, the third season, and thank you for our, to our sponsors, Brand Boulevard, that actually, yep, Brand Boulevard there. Our
1: there we That's go, nice, nice product, product placement. I like
0: that bottle. My name's Brandon Curry.
1: I'm Jeff Collins. Josh Bond. And Trevor Lindsay. So,
0: uh... Jo- uh, Jeff, you were answering, you're asking uh, the, the previous episode about like the markets and what have you, and you know, why is it such a big deal again for politics and, and what have you. So uh, as of as recording today, which is January, January 7th, uh, 2021, uh, just some of the, the fallout. I mean, as of today, uh, the NASDAQ has completely rebounded from their decline yesterday,
1: um, Sorry, Curry, just in case somebody doesn't listen to the previous uh, episode and starts into this one, if you can just give them a little little recap. Got it. What so, uh,
0: the Georgia questions. runoff elections happened on the 5th. Democrats won the, both those seats. Therefore, it's a 50-50 tie in the Senate because Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are president and vice president. The vice president becomes the president of the Senate. and declares a vote or votes only on a tie. And so-
2: Which gives them, so 50 gives them to 51 to 50.
0: To 50, because there's only 100 senators. Now- Majority. The Dems also control the House of Representatives. And that House goes up for re-election, the entire House goes up for re-election every two years. So until 2022, you're going to have the presidency- the Senate <laughs> and the house for certain things. to yes. have full control for the next two years. Now that the, there are still some bills that need super majorities and, and anything to get done. But, but for the most part, you pretty much have, you
2: know, uh, they're going to be able to right. start to get some of Biden's and agenda of being completed.
0: The stimulus checks, the stimulus that, that they wanted to get passed before, before that. Now, yeah. um. Jeff asked the question, "Why are the markets behaving the way that they're behaving?" So yesterday, the Nasdaq fell after news broke of of the official news broke in the morning that the second seat in Georgia uh, uh, went to the Dems, and and that's mainly because Democrats typically um, lean towards higher taxes and more government spending and and bigger government, typically. uh, More, more socialisty. Whereas the Republicans are more conservative based. They are more for libertarianism, uh, smaller government, lower taxes or tax cuts, and uh, basically every man and woman, yeah, business business incentive and and woman for themselves, that kind of stuff. Um, and so there was a great article that was released. I, I read it on Bloomberg. I can't remember who wrote it, so I apologize, but. They went back 70 years. And over the last 70 years, ironically, if you're looking for politics aside on what you want to get done, but over the last 70 years, any time that all three chambers were controlled by the same party, um it the performance in the stock market was worse than if it was a split between the two houses. So over the last 70 years, the average annual return when the Democrats controlled all three chambers was just over 10% return per year. When The Republicans controlled it. It was just over 14% return on your portfolio per year. And when it was a split, it was over 17% growth uh, return per year. And that's because they like the mm-hmm. checks and balances that happen. The market likes predictability, knowing that they can't just hammer through tax bills or hammer through tax cuts. Yep. There's a lot more predictability because they know that there's a check and a balance uh, that, that, that happens in place. Mm-hmm. Now,
1: The one holds the so other
0: accountable, right? right? That, that being said though, you have to remember that there was massive So when, Barack Obama took presidency in January, January something of 20, 2009 in the middle of the housing crisis.
2: It's always the 20th, Brandon. No. Is it January always the 20th? 20th? It's always the 20th.
0: I thought it's, I thought it's the I first so. Tuesday or the, after the um, – I thought it wasn't. I thought it was because the 20th is a Wednesday, but I could be wrong. I thought it was the third Wednesday or something like that. You know, they have the, the, always the third Wednesday, but okay.
1: Um, I, I'm not 100% certain, but I understood I that it was X always set at the After point. the, the
0: um, certification of, of the votes. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, here's a quick
2: thing. Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, just, uh, it says, what is the presidential inauguration? The, the 20th amendment, uh, to the constitution specifies that the term of each elected president of the United States begins at noon on January 20th of okay. the year so following the, 20th, the election in the 20th.
0: Okay, great. Oh. Perfect. Yeah. Sorry. Um, just so yeah. yeah. Cause I know the election yeah. is always the first sorry, Tuesday after the first Monday in November. Like it, it's, it's not an actual specific date
2: correct yeah they have right. specified a day yeah. of the week or no, yeah so yeah, i didn't know if that for the was the case
0: but what you've got now is you've got basically um yeah. at, in 2009 barack obama also had all three houses if you remember and that's where obamacare got passed and it actually got put through mm-hmm. um now he subsequently lost that but you had massive economic expansion that happened in 2009,
1: 2000. Not completely though. They bastardized no, it a bit, but it's not completely yeah, gone. Yeah. About but yeah.
0: you had great economic expansion in 2009 and 2010. Um, right after you know, the pit, which was about March of 2009, it actually took off like a rocket. Um, but that being said, I think that's what's going to happen this time around too. Because the reason why the market as of today, NASDAQ completely, which is the technology, has completely recovered. It's up 2.3 percentage points. Dow Jones has cracked 31,000, and the S&P 500 has cracked 3,800 points, which as an index, these are massive, massive feats to, to, to get. And that
1: Even TSX has gotta be at uh, almost record high. TSX has
0: eh? hit record highs, yes, today. Today? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, you've so. got pretty much, and the reason for that is because, and I've said this before, you, The U.S. is a consumer-driven economy. That's the majority of the driver between uh, uh, their GDP growth, Mm -hmm. where Canada is an export-driven economy. And so the reason why the rest of the world is up on this news is they know that there's going to be more stimulus coming in the tune of approximately another trillion dollars, about $1,400 a month for every person. And so when that gets passed, which they, now it's a high probability that it will get passed, they know more money in the hands of the people means there's going to be more spending that's going to be happening in the economy, which is just going to drive it up, drive it up, drive it up. Now where Trevor and I come in on, so if that's me on the market side, but then they're worried about inflation and inflation getting too hot. So they'll have to raise interest rates. I'll give my quick opinion on it. And then Trevor, if you want to weigh in, I, we, need, we need high sure. inflation right now. That's what we need because it, we just can't, we can't suffer like we, like we have. And I just don't think that in two years, there'll be enough of an economic expansion of, of inflation, I mean, that would cause them to raise interest rates within the next two years. But Trevor?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. They, we can't have a contraction in the market. Uh, so they, as of right now, all signs are pointing to keeping interest rates low. Obviously, bond yields are uh, quite low right now, which is why we're seeing fixed rates as low as what they are. Uh, but on the flip side of things, the overnight lending rate from the Bank of Canada, uh, which will be the deciding fact, when, when we need to slow inflation, Bank of Canada starts moving the overnight lending rate. So yeah, as of right now, the yeah, I, an article I read the other day, again, a couple of years, most likely that we're looking at keeping things the way they are. Um, there's even predictions for fixed rates that bond yields will maintain what the levels that they're at right now. Uh, one one uh, um, article that I had read is even predicting a possible fall in rates. Really? So. Yeah, we may see. Just be again,
1: like you've got to look at what's happening, and and you know. It, but somebody, wouldn't they have to change the regulations, Trev? Because I thought uh, Bank of Canada is at a quarter percent, and I thought there was a mandate that um, lenders charge uh, a certain spread above. And I could. This is more your department, right? But yeah. I just, no. So I the. A
2: a long time ago as the, and I'm trying to recall what drives the overnight lending rate right now, why there's that spread. Um, But there's basically two, the best way to explain it is there's two different tables. We've got the table determined from the, the Bank of Canada. And then there's this other table that the lending institutions created for themselves to A, maintain profit but also maintain cost of funds so those That's not pollution though right no <laughs> so but. they came up with that table we'll call it a number of years ago i can't remember when uh and i'm drawing a blank on what the actual technical legal term is that that sure. they They use Um, so that's why we see a difference and that's why we see like a few years back when the Bank of Canada raised the overnight lending rate and then they quickly realized oh we made a mistake and we saw them cut back very quickly that's when we saw all of the banks lenders credit unions not give the full quarter point that got cut right? That's why we saw, I think it was TD only cut 10 basis points rather than 25 and all the other banks cut 15 instead of 25. So right now, why we are sitting at 245 for an overnight lending rate instead of 225, if there was only a two point spread from the overnight lending rate to the actual bank prime. So, sorry, but that was part of it. What was the other part of your question? Well, just like,
0: yeah. So you don't, you don't foresee like you said, you you actually brought up there might be a cut or a drop in fixed rates.
2: Yeah, actually, the the one article I read said that it's not off the table from what the, like the data that they're looking at, um, that it's not off the table that the Bank of Canada couldn't cut the overnight lending rate by 10 or 15 basis points. Because again, we've got 25 basis points to play with. They do have a, a little bit of room, but just not as much as they had
1: and they pre-pandemic, can go negative. Right?
2: We they have, are allowed to go negative. They can go. They can. Uh, that is not something um, they, they want to do. Right. That's not something they want to be doing. Um, and then, sorry, to the fixed rates. Yes, they're they, in that same article. It said, you know, there's a chance that we may... Most likely, we're going to maintain our fixed rates where they are right now, given what we're seeing with bond yields. Uh, but there is always a chance that we it may drop, um, and this is this is part of my conversation when I'm talking with clients about fixed versus variable, and the fact that 70% of Canadians are breaking their mortgage at the 33 month mark. That because of that is going with a five year fixed always the best answer. No, it's just what the banks and the credit unions do the best job selling right? It's their most profitable product. We've talked about interest rate differential penalties on previous episodes. It's really, and the reason I'm bringing this up is those bond yields that I'm referencing. We're seeing in five and longer 10 year bond yields.
1: We're we're
2: seeing those rates. Yeah, they're, they are lower. So it's, it's kind of, it's hard to tell somebody right now, you know, if you're going to break your mortgage in three years, you should probably be looking one, two, or three-year fixed terms when those rates are actually, in some cases, substantially higher than taking a five-year fixed. So it's doing your homework. It's knowing, you know, that you're with a penalty-friendly lender, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. So
0: with that all said, like, I mean, this is why our, uh, you know, it, it, the – the U S is such a huge integral component to rate adjustments and what we do. Cause typically as the fed goes, so does the bank of Canada, like not, they're not identical lockstep. That's not, that's not what we're saying. But if the fed is going to increase rates or what have you, the bank of Canada usually follows suits. The, the, the one caveat to that is they went a bit aggressive in 20 uh, in towards the end of 2017 into 2018, which caused our market, because they wanted, you know, to pump it up a bit and they went a couple extra to, I mean, Trevor, you remember you and I were completely, uh, complaining about it and don't they end up, um, in order to have some, some more room to cut when they needed to cut.
2: Yeah, we, you and I were both lost. It's like there's no economic reason behind them increasing
1: the rates the way they are, the overnight lending rates. And but you they know, jumped them to low threes there at one point in time in late 17, 18, right? Yeah, we we
2: were up to uh, to we had 150 basis points that we were able to cut. We were at 3.95. We were up to 3.95 March first, 2020. That's and that's the that's the prime was, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, not the prime. Yes, rate. yeah. Well, but what, well, yeah. Sorry, that's prime was up at three ninety-five. So that means uh, the overnight lending rate was actually sitting at one seventy-five right. because we had hundred and fifty basis points. There was one fifty-point drop by the Bank of Canada, and there was two emergency meetings uh, that had taken place, which we we cut a half point at one and a half point at another uh, amidst the beginning of the pandemic. Yep.
0: So, I mean, as of today, the markets have recovered extremely well. I mean, it just goes to show you that, uh, uh, you know, that the markets are looking for a strong 2021, uh, especially going into Q3, heading into Q4. Um, and this kind of goes when, and and the other key thing too, that they're looking at, there's a lot of cash sitting in a, in bank accounts right now. There's a lot of cash that have yet has yet to be deployed um, into the markets and and into the economy, and so a lot of these just because all the uncertainty. Well, I mean, right? basically, this times, last stimulus right? package just that's just $600 a month. This isn't the $2,000 that they wanted to do. Yeah. As long as you reported under $75,000 a year as an individual last year, you get $600 a month for every man, woman, and child in your household. As long, that's as long as you as a couple are under 150 or singly under 75. Well, 75 grand's a lot of money. Like for, that's that's middle to upper middle class in America, especially. So a lot of these people have this surplus of cash just sitting in their bank accounts. They're not spending it because they can't go anywhere because they're on lockdown. And a big, big thing that you're going to watch and why I'm investing in some, more me- medium to high risk uh, uh, stocks or, or funds is um, all your travel airlines not so much cruise ships but like your your, your packages uh, your hotels all of that stuff they're gonna go on they're gonna be on fire in q3 and q4 because the minute that person has yeah. that vaccination and they get to show that vaccination card yeah. they're They're getting out of Dodge so freaking fast. I I can't even tell you how many people I have spoken to that are ready and just (laughs) waiting to hit that button to get out of Dodge and to get on a a flight.
1: Yeah, I think I'm still going to wait a bit after it's all vaccinated just to see how it goes. I'm hoping for September on a jet plane. I, I don't field remember
2: field. if this was part of a previous episode or not, but I was telling you guys about my brother-in-law who works for FlightNetwork.com. He's a sales manager over there. Um, he was telling me that they, they're an international company, mind you. So when I tell you these numbers, they went from doing about, I uh, forget, I forget how much they were doing they dropped all the way down to a hundred flights a day that they were basically selling at the beginning of the pandemic by September, September when we were, yeah, we, I, I took him to, to pick up a sofa in September. When we were driving along to pick up that sofa, we were having a chat about it. Uh, and he said they're already up to 10,000 flights. They're selling over 10,000 flights a day, September, right? So, you know, a few months into
0: you think yes. there'll be price increases
2: price travel packages? So that th- – What they're expecting, expecting, though, what the, they Recaps. are expecting, they've got to keep things low. There's going to be a ton of incentives to get back, like we're seeing with rates right now. Consumer confidence back. You got it. We're going to see they're, they are going to be super aggressive. And what he was telling me is from what they're seeing, because uh, obviously they're a broker – Uh, when it comes to travel, um, they're seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of companies are starting to get ready, starting to, to, to put together those incentive packages. And it's probably going to take place. I think he was saying like 12 to 24 months of just wicked price on, on travel just to get confidence back up, to get people comfortable with doing it. Yeah, you got it. Apparently bond is just flying high on his sofa.
1: Oh, <laughs> I, I can't wait it. to get in. I hate planes. I hate them. Can't wait to get in one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want to get out of here so bad. Yeah, it's too. not even funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: But, uh, I want to be. But, yeah, true. so that's yeah. it. Uh, that, that's a long drawn out about the economy in the U.S. and why the election so important and what to think
1: about. Yeah. Huge for impact for us, impact
0: right? right? Canada.
1: Yeah, well, but take, gotta, take, take... though. That- <laughs> Take from it, though, that interest rates should realistically maintain a lower level for probably the next year or two. In, in, I, would, I would be rate shocked
0: rate. if anything, and Trevor chime in, if there's, in Canada specifically, if there's any rate increases prior to Q4 of 2022, I will be, I will be
1: floored.
2: I, I would, um, yeah, I, my, my gamble would be Q3 of 2020. Uh, excuse me 2022 Before they even start considering yeah 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 that's my gamble right now so you know over a yeah. year and a half from now
0: so all right
2: well that's very much
0: thanks right. thanks for the thanks for the question jeffrey thank you that was a really good question no problem. you get a cookie later uh thanks very much and something yeah. from brand Boulevard. thanks everyone for caring and sharing <laughs> and subscribing and keep these <laughs> listens high thanks brand boulevard for sponsoring us
1: gosh think glitch help us help you stay informed
0: you looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness then check out the natural man podcast join me host mike c as we explore all areas of human wellness physical mental and emotional learn
2: strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health remember your doctor works for you learn biohacks neurohacks ways to
0: improve sleep
3: And Jackie Holowaddy from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.
2: Hey, 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 hey. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.